Support for IPR comes from Corridor Vein Center and Corridor Aesthetics, treatment for varicose veins and spider veins, also providing facial rejuvenation services and treatment for moderate to severe acne. More at Corridor Vein and Corridor Aesthetics.com. Today is Wednesday. It is the 2nd of November. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Republican Governor Kim Reynolds is making her final pitch to Iowa voters with less than a week left until Election Day. IPR's Katerina Sestark reports from a campaign stop in Williamsburg. Reynolds highlighted familiar themes from her campaign, including her opposition to President Joe Biden and her work to cut taxes and ban COVID-related mandates in schools. She also echoed a line from a recent TV ad. Reynolds says Democrats are, quote, fundamentally trying to change who we are as a country. Here in Iowa... We know right from wrong. We know boys from girls. We know liberty from tyranny. We love our country. We love our military. And we love our men and women who serve in law enforcement. We back the blue. Reynolds was highlighting her ban on transgender women and girls competing in women's and girls sports. Early voting is underway and Election Day is November 8th. Iowa school districts must consider medically sensitive students' requests to require mask wearing of those around them, notwithstanding a state law that bans school mask mandates. That's according to what a federal judge ruled yesterday. The Des Moines Register reports the decision by Judge Robert Pratt comes in a suit filed by several families challenging Iowa's pandemic-era law, which Governor Reynolds signed in May of 2021, banning school districts and local governments from mandating mask wearing. The plaintiffs are parents of children with chronic health conditions or disabilities, rendering them particularly at risk for complications from the coronavirus. A southwestern Iowa county has voted to establish setbacks for hazardous liquid pipelines. IPR's Kendall Crawford tells us Shelby County hopes its local regulations can address community concern around a proposed carbon capture pipeline. Summit Carbon Solutions' proposed pipeline would pass through the city limits of the town of Early in Shelby County. But Supervisor Steve Kenkel says the community is worried about the safety of the project and how it could impact economic development. That's why the board voted to regulate where a hazardous liquid pipeline could be built. You want to build a house? or you want to build a shed, or you want to put in a utility line, you have to get a permit, and you have to follow zoning ordinances. I don't know why hazardous pipelines would be any different. Other counties across the state are considering similar ordinances, but summit officials say the ordinance isn't consistent with Iowa code, which gives the state utilities board the power to approve hazardous liquid pipeline routes. The West Liberty City Council plans to assist residents in paying their utility bills. The city council voted last night to give $120,000 to the West Liberty Area Ministerial Association. The Coalition of Area Catholic and Protestant Churches aims to assist 300 families with up to $400 of assistance on water and electrical bills. Father Guillermo Trevino is the treasurer of the association. It's a small town, so 300 families is a lot. And, you know, unfortunately uh, for several of our residents, these are tough times and people are hurting. So these two things, I think, are going to be a big help for the community. The American Rescue Plan allows local governments to use some funds to replace lost revenue. The city will also give $20,000 to the West Liberty Food Pantry and $10,000 to the West Liberty School Community Foundation. And prosecutors say two Iowa teenagers killed their high school Spanish teacher last year because of frustration 
over a bad grade. It's the first time prosecutors have revealed a possible motive. It came in court documents filed yesterday. Willard Miller and classmate Jeremy Goodale are charged with murdering teacher Noema Graber in the small town of Fairfield in southeast Iowa. Court documents were filed ahead of a hearing today where a judge will hear arguments on whether to suppress any of the evidence against Miller and Goodale. They were 16 when Graber was killed in November of 2021. This is Here First. Can we heal the environment? In Kansas, we're working on it. Up From Dust is a podcast about how humans reshaped the world to fit urban landscapes and agricultural needs. We'll meet the people who are rolling up their sleeves to find more sustainable ways forward. Listen to Up From Dust from KCUR, part of the NPR Network. Republican U.S. Representative Ashley Hinson won her seat decisively in 2020. Now she faces a tough race against Democratic challenger Liz Mathis. As IPR's Zachary Orrin Smith reports, Hinson is trying to make a strong case for a re-election. But if Democrats want to take the new district, this may be their year to do it. The price at the pump hit its peak in June, but prices have been trending downward. In October, the average price of gas in Iowa hit $3.55. But compared to the last few years, those prices still remain high. And Congresswoman Ashley Hinson is making a bet that there's still some interest left in the tank for the midterms. We have had this war on American energy since day one of the Biden administration. Uh, he canceled the Keystone Pipeline, for example. We're less than two weeks out from Election Day, and Hinson is literally bringing the topic to folks filling up their cars and robins. While Hinson was talking to folks at the pump, Bill Dalston was inside munching on a donut and talking about his cars. I drive an 11-year-old Prius and a uh, Ford Ranger that's old enough to vote, but it costs as much to run that Prius now as it did two years ago to run that old Ford Ranger when I went out fishing or hunting with it. Dawson got out of high school in 72. He lived through the worst days of the oil crisis of the 1970s. Prices went through the roof, inflation went nuts. But at least I had a job and, and my wages went up every year. Now it's not, and I'm seeing it's deja vu all over again. Over in the corner of the gas station, Greg McGivern is sipping coffee. McGivern retired from the Lynn County Sheriff's Office after 31 years and now is a detective at the nearby Robbins Police Department. He says he comes from a JFK-era Democratic voting family, but since the Clinton years, he's been voting Republican, and he plans to vote for Henson this year. Well, I know it sounds cliche, but I like a candidate who can work across the aisles. Um... You know, I don't, I don't like this extreme right-wing, extreme left-wing stuff. Yes, we need to get back to basics in our country. And, and, and I think that that's going to be accomplished by people who can work together. For McGivern, Henson's message about lowering gas prices and inflation struck true. And on the campaign trail, it's a line she's hitting everywhere she can. Like Henson, Democratic challenger State Senator Liz Mathis had a long career as a TV journalist in eastern Iowa. In 2011, she was elected to the Iowa Senate, representing municipalities outside Cedar Rapids, including Robbins, Marion, Bertram, and Ely. Pushing past the post is about lowering costs for families. It's about preserving Medicare and Social Security and making sure that people are protected. It's a social safety net and making sure that we protect women's reproductive rights. Mathis is challenging Hinson in a changed congressional district. There are slightly more registered Democrats in the district than there are Republicans, and according to the October Iowa poll on a generic ballot, 48 percent of likely voters say they would prefer a Democratic candidate for the House seat. In July, the same poll had Republicans up 10 percentage points. 
Sammy Sheets is a Democrat running for an Iowa House seat in Cedar Rapids. When he looks at the district, he sees Mathis's labor bona fides as a big plus. Lynn County, Blackhawk County, and Dubuque County are the top three labor union per capita counties in the state of Iowa. So somebody like Liz or just, you know, some of the really great Democrats we have running across the ticket that are able to connect to workers, promote working class issues, they're going to do well in this district because it's made up of primarily working class people. And so people like uh, State Senator Mathis and others who are talking about workers, pocketbook issues, inflation, how we can make people's lives better, they're going to do well in this district. It's not all been economics and kitchen table issues. Hinson got into it with the Linmar School District over its new policy for transgender students. The policy created a gender support plan for seventh graders and older to allow them to use their chosen name and pronouns at school. For a boy to go to school and say that he wants to be a girl, they can use the girls' bathroom, girls' locker room. At a stop in Hiawatha, Hinson's outrage at the district earned big applause from a packed room. But it also gained her some critics. Allison Carr is a teacher. She's concerned about what Henson's rallies about transgender students is signaling to children in her district. I have found uh, Representative Henson's behavior with regard to trans students in schools really reprehensible. And it's, I just think it's, it's hateful and hurtful, and I don't understand how she can drum up that kind of vitriol against children who are just trying to live their lives and you know, trust the adults in their school and be trusted by the adults in their school. I think that's, that's basic human rights level stuff. And I'm really, really appalled at the way she's gone after those kids and riled up those parents. While not a mainstay in her speeches, Hinson readily offers her opposition to abortion. In comparison, Mathis wants to see a national right to an abortion codified by Congress. She's attacked Hinson for supporting the Life at Conception Act, which would effectively ban abortions nationally. The bill did not have exceptions for rape, incest, or to save the life of the mother, but Hinson has since said that she supports these exemptions. Emma Aquino Nemechek immigrated from the Philippines three decades ago. When she was 14, Aquino Nemechek says she was raped at gunpoint and became pregnant. She carried her child to term, and she tells the story to explain why she opposes abortion in all cases except for when the life of the mother is in danger. I decided to raise my daughter, and I, I think she has nothing to do with what happened to me, and I agree with Ashley about pro-life issues. For the last decade, residents of northeastern Iowa have seen their representation ping-pong from one party to the other. Karen Kodrowski is the director of the Carrie Chapman Cat Center for Women in Politics at Iowa State University. The time that an incumbent is most vulnerable is the first time that he or she is up for re-election. So Finkenauer uh, managed to flip the district, but then, you know, she just served two years before being rather decisively, I think, beaten by Ashley Hinton in 2020. So now Ashley Hinton, you know, the shoe is on the other foot, so to speak. Ashley Hinton is the one-term incumbent who is facing, you know, a pretty strong challenger in Liz Mathis. As both parties jockey for control of the House of Representatives, Iowa's close 2nd Congressional District will be among those closely watched across the nation. I'm Zachary Oren-Smith, IPR News. See our midterm election voter guide at our website, IPR.org, and be sure to subscribe to hear first so you can listen every day wherever you find your podcasts. I'm Clay Masters. This is Here First from IPR News.